Hey everybody, welcome back to a podcast of Love Without Labels. Josh, how are you today? Doing real good, doing real good. Hope everybody out there is doing good. Awesome, awesome. Hey, today we are going to talk about are you as smart as you think you are? Yeah, I think uh, most of us want to consider ourselves to be intelligent people, yeah. don't you? Yeah, right? I would say most people do it, and if you don't, you still act like you do. Still act like you do. So we're going to talk today about three things that actually hinder us from being as smart as we think we are. In fact, these three things actually make us ignorant. Yeah, and that's kind of how all this topic started. It was three like signs that you're ignorant was the purpose of it. We just thought we would say it in a little nicer way. <laughs> <laughs> so first thing, right off the bat, uh, the first thing that we need to look at if we're not going to be as smart as we think we are is you have a blinding need to be right. And I think this ties straight into what I just said about you act like you do. This is the acting part. This is where you will fight to be right no matter what because you want people to see you as this smart person that knows what you're talking about. Yeah, we see this all over today, whether we're talking about politics or whether we're talking about religion or or the debate over gun control. Yeah. Uh, just blinding need to be right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the blinding need to be right is you're just trying to push your views on someone and having a need to be right and not being open to other ways of thinking is ignorant in and of itself. Yeah, that's so true. And, and to, to tie into what Josh is saying, why is the blinding need to be right ignorant? Well, there's a few reasons. Um, we fight to be right instead of trying to find peace. Mm-hmm. You know, we, uh, instead of understanding that there's two sides to every story, we only see our own side. And instead of trying to understand some somebody's difference differences, we just dismiss them and act like they don't exist, mm-hmm. you know? And instead of looking for win-win solutions, we look for a win-lose solution. Exactly. It's just not looking at all sides of every situation because they're, like you said, there's so many sides to a situation. Everybody has their own reasons for feeling the way that they do. And not trying to understand that is when that blinding need to be right comes into play. Because just because something you, from your perspective, would be the same in every category of person, to everyone else it might be different. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we shouldn't feel bad. You know, it's, if we think about why are we like this, um, there's some definite reasons why we're like this. I mean, from the very beginning when we're kids, we're rewarded in our family environment for giving the quote right answer yeah same in school as well like everything that you are taught when you grow up if you act the right way do the right thing and if you act right quote unquote then you're rewarded so we're teaching people you need to be right you need to give the right answer and if you don't you're punished for it well and in school like you're talking about it's you enter this huge competitive environment now all of a sudden you're competing with all these other people Mm -hmm. you're competing for grades Mm -hmm. you're competing for friends you're competing many times for this extracurricular activity whether (coughs) it's sports or it's band or it's something like that yeah and so you're trying to give the right answer, say the right things, and perform in the right way, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and it's this competitive thing. And, and, it's, and, and if in your home environment, it's your, if you step out of line with what's being taught to you in the home, you get admonished for it, mm-hmm. right? 
but as long as you stay in line, you get rewarded for it. And so in both of these situations, it's like we're not teaching a open environment where there's collaborative Mm -hmm. conversation, expressing (laughs) different points of view and talking about the pros and cons of both of them. Yeah. Right. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, there's one way. stripped into the book. It's, it's like the transition that all our society is making. Everything in the past is strict and to the book, and we're trying to venture our way out of that, but school and home life a lot of times get caught up in that. It's very strict. You do what is right, or you get an F, or you get punished, or whatever it may be. Yeah, and so you take that and think about it for a minute, and then here we are today with everybody actively competing against each other. So, again instead of having a stimulating conversation that challenges, like you and I having a stimulating conversation, challenging our understanding and different viewpoints, Mm -hmm. it ends up being simply an argument with no thought about resolution, right? Mm -hmm. Just back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, and then it's just, again, back to the fight to be right rather than the fight to understand. So, you know, the first step in trying to turn this around is we have to understand we're conditioned this way, Mm -hmm. right? We're conditioned with this need to be right. And so we're going to have to retool our thought process and view life as a collaboration instead of a competition, Mm -hmm. right? And that there are multiple right answers, and we must stop thinking that our right must be everyone else's right. Yeah, a chance for you to learn to think differently rather than force people to think like you. Yeah, and you know, maybe one of the most important things, Josh, is to understand that other people are as important as we are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I I know I've been guilty of this. I'm suspecting Joshua has too. Stop arguing just to argue, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, if you're arguing and there's no resolution, and typically arguing just to argue is when you're wanting a win-lose situation, we need to try to understand each other and work towards a productive solution yeah this is i think everybody can say they're they have done this before but you argue and if you know you're doing it when you argument you're looking for the satisfaction of them saying oh, i'm sorry i was wrong and it's not a lot of times it gets past the point of the argument you've argued the point so much that you both agree on the point but now you're going to keep arguing because you want them to come and say i'm wrong and you're just searching for that rather than they understand what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Well, if we look at then the second aspect of not being as smart as, as we think we are, and that is we see what we want to see, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I know we like to think we see things as they really are, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't even know how possible that is to no, Everybody looks through a different lens. Yeah, and that lens contains bias. Uh, baggage, the things that, you know, that are a part of our past, a part of our life, and it affects how we see things. Yeah. So, you know, I've, that kind of leads us in, why is it ignorant to see see what you want to see? Because we think our bias doesn't affect. But the bias does have an effect on how we see the world. It shapes everything, mm-hmm. how we see it. You know, by the time we get to the point that we're searching for ourselves, like we talked about earlier when we were kids, mm-hmm. by the time we get to the point that we're searching for ourselves, we've already been taught what's right or true from whoever was teaching us in all these various situations of how we're raised. Yeah, I would say most of the things that we think we know and that are a part of us are actually things that are taught to us. 
which then makes it a bias. And a bias can mean any different thing. It can be from money-wise, food preferences, and to the big issues of race, gender, sexual orientation, all of these things that are big issues in our world. But these biases are real, and a lot of times it's just what you've been taught, and it's not something that you have experienced through your life. It's just been taught to you from people who have experienced it in their own ways. Yeah, exactly. And, and to give us an example of how real this is, there is a... Uh, there's a thing there called the ladder of inference. And I would encourage you take a minute to look at it because it's going to highlight these things to you. But we'll, we'll talk just briefly about what this does to us. The ladder of inference, it starts where we experience facts selectively based on our prior beliefs and our prior experiences. And then we move into interpreting these facts based on that same selectivity. And then we apply already existing assumptions without considering other alternatives. We draw conclusions based on these interpretations and existing assumptions. Then we base our beliefs on these incomplete assumptions. And then we take action on what seems right because they're based from this shortcut we've taken to establish our own beliefs. And again, you can look at that in detail. I would encourage you to, because it's going to give you some insight into yourself about how we see what we want to see is really true. But when we do that, we fall into a vicious circle and we end up with a never-changing mindset. Yeah, because you always get back to the start, which is based around the biases that you already have. Yeah, exactly. You know, Joshua did, uh, he did a YouTube thing on this and, it, and he, he spelled it out pretty good, but there's a pretty cool example uh, that he looked at. Yeah, this. there's a test, so like something, you guys should try this right now. It makes you really understand that how little control you have over these biases until you confront them. But think about how often you see your nose, you actively see your nose. It's probably never, no matter how big or small your nose is, you just don't see it because your eyes are so accustomed to it being there. So now take your finger and put it on the end of your nose and you immediately can see your finger. Very clearly it's there, you know there's something in front of your face. So it just shows you that your brain has been trained to not see this thing that protrudes off the front of your face, but anything else that comes around that, you can still see. So even if you think, you're thinking right now, well no, this isn't for me, I don't see what I wanna see, everybody does because of that test right there you know that you do that's proof that you do so you now have to think okay i've been missing my nose for all these years what else is there that i could be missing that's great that's a great point so it's it's you tag onto that these biases and stereotypes we have and it's exactly what we're talking about your brain filters those out because mm-hmm. you don't want to see them and it replaces it with things that are familiar and common for exactly you. Yeah. your brain has so much control and a lot of the control is subconscious we don't know what's going on and you formulate your biases and your brain doesn't see things that you might need to see to change your biases so which is going to tell you how difficult this one's going to be i mean to combat this we have to constantly be challenging what we think we believe yeah right and we must try to understand what's different than we are, and we must realize that our way and, and the work, our way is not the only way. And we have to work to solutions that take both sides 
into account. And a lot of times with that way of thinking right there, with the nose idea, you have no clue. So a lot of times you have to think, all right, what are some controversial topics in the world today? Where do I stand on that? And then evaluate yourself. So you almost have to pull it out of you and think, is this a bias or is this not? And be really honest because it's hard to think if it's like your nose and you don't even know that it's there because you don't see it really, then how are you going to know all these biases are there without searching? Well, which is, is an excellent point. And it leads us in to the last area that we're going to talk about on the three ways that you may not be as smart as you think you are, or actually that you're ignorant. And that is you don't embrace change, right? Yeah. We, uh, we like to be in our comfort zone and we like routine. Yeah. You know, it's a change is a continuous topic that we've hit on almost all these podcasts because it's the key. You have to be willing to change. And when you're not willing to change, you're so stuck in your ways that there is no way to search out these biases or do anything like that. Yeah. And, and learning should be a lifelong process, Mm -hmm. right? And not only that, but unless you keep changing, you become obsolete, right? I mean, we can see that with many businesses, products, just over time, if you don't keep changing, it's you're going to be obsolete. Yeah, there was a few that I had looked up in the YouTube video we had done for it, and there was um, Kodak, the film company. They had they had the whole market on film. They were making so much money. They actually put billions of dollars into mobile devices, so digital cameras was essentially what it was. But they had put billions of dollars and come up with the technology to do that. But they cared so much about the money that their film business was making. They decided to push back the release of that. And Canon then developed the camera and Canon exploded. And now everyone knows Canon camera is like your number one camera. Kodak is nothing anymore. They had the technology before Canon did, but decided to wait because they were so worried about the change from the film to digital yeah. that they waited. Wasn't there a similar story that had to do like with Blockbuster and Netflix? Yeah, yeah, Blockbuster, that one. That one, I don't remember it as well, but it was Blockbuster didn't continuously change and get out of their video selling, renting. They didn't go to the technological age, which killed them, which is a big thing with Toys R Us as well. Toys R Us didn't do any online sales. And so through the mix of Walmart and Amazon selling toys online, Toys R Us, that's why so many of them are going out of business right now. Yeah. So, you know, those are just examples that we can take from that what doesn't adapt to change actually becomes obsolete. So, you know, we're, we can become obsolete in our, th- in our thought process if we don't keep changing. Now, again, this is not, it's understandable that we're this way. We are actually wired this way. We have a process in us, inside us, that's this built-in inertia, and it's called homeostasis. Mm-hmm. And it keeps our temperatures regulated, keeps our I- equilibrium in place. So... It deliberately resists change. Deliberately resists change. Keeps keeps our body like it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So that's built into us. Then you add to that, there's this part of our brain called the basal ganglia. And it's the part that controls habits and decision making. But what it does is it supports the habits that make us feel good 
and that we're familiar yeah, and comfortable, comfortable with, yeah. right? So here we are, we've got this built-in inertia and this part of our brain that's supporting what makes us feel good mm-hmm. and what we're comfortable with and familiar with. And so it's, it's really hard. And I think, you know, Josh can give you another example, real life example of how this plays out because we've all had times we want to diet. We want to lose weight, right? And mm-hmm. so it's hard to do. And right? it's really hard because of that basal ganglia. When you get out of things that aren't comfortable in your routine, it almost sounds an alarm like, no, don't do this. But if you continue in the things that are your routine, it's comfortable, nothing happens. You feel at peace with yourself. And when like dieting, like you said, when you jump out of diet, when you jump into a diet and really change the way you eat, that alarm's going off on your head. This isn't comfortable. This isn't familiar. This is different. This is change. And that's why so many people jump straight back into not dieting when if you keep doing it, that becomes what's comfortable. So you have to, it's a process of training. Nothing's instant. That 21 days to make a habit, I would say that's 100% false. Maybe, but how are you going to tell if 21 days is the magic number? I think that you do something until it is a habit and then obviously it's a habit at that yeah. point. Yeah. And the, the, the point of that is it is hard work to break a routine. Mm-hmm. It's hard work to get outside ourselves. And the same thing, just like Josh was talking about with the diet, we're in this routine, the food's good, it's familiar, it's comfortable, and now we're going to have to change that habit. It's really hard to do. The same thing happens with our biases mm-hmm. and with our stereotypes. That's not familiar to us, yeah. right? what we think is familiar to us. So to get outside that is going to be hard. Well, it's going to be uncomfortable because that part of your brain makes you do what is comfortable. Once you step out of that, it's going to be uncomfortable. So that's what everybody stops once things get uncomfortable, but you can't stop when it's time to put change in place. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, are we as smart as we think we are? Well, that answer is probably no. I think it's definitely no. Definitely no. We're not. In fact, we probably lean more to the ignorant side. And and remember, ignorant simply means a a lack of understanding or a lack of information. Yeah, people get really offended at the term ignorant. There are so many things that I am ignorant in, and I will vocalize that I'm ignorant in it because all it means is you have a lack of knowledge. There's a bad stigma with it, but the truth is, if you don't know everything about a subject, you're ignorant on a subject. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the point of it is that we're all imperfect and we all make mistakes. We all have some level of ignorance. And, and the thing is, what are we going to do with it? Mm-hmm. What are we going to do about it? And so for us today, do we want to be smarter and do we want to be less ignorant? And so if we do, we're going to have to work on these things that we talked about today. Yeah. We're going to have to make, and it's going to have to be a conscious effort to make ourselves because we've heard we're wired against it, right? So we're going to have to make a conscious effort to continue to evolve, to continue to learn, continue to get outside our comfort zone. Yeah. I think, you know, there's there's a, a, a little saying, Joshua and I just have batted around. I'm not saying we came up with it, but it's just the wording that we can be a part of the change that happens or we can be affected by the change that happens to us, mm-hmm. you know, we can be in line with the status quo and be just like every other Joe Blow out there who's ignorant, or 
we can be one of those people that makes change in the world and change can be as small as changing the, your friends and your family that you're around yeah and like we talked about with some companies we need to think about this for ourselves the minute we stop changing and the minute we stop learning we become irrelevant and we become obsolete yeah and haven't we all talked to people like that people that are stuck they're stuck in an antiquated mindset. You walk away thinking, they're out of touch. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and that has become, the gap in that has become such so much bigger because of technology and social media. Like, a year ago, you weren't really, or I guess a year and a half ago, you weren't really on any social media, so which was you not following along with change and, I guess, becoming obsolete. Yeah. Because now... You don't get the, you didn't get the opportunity then to like someone's picture to show that connection or to make a comment on someone's post or to um, go back and forth with someone on something that you think is wrong. So it's really with so much change in the world, you have to do so much more change within yourself. So you do keep a voice and you don't become irrelevant to the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we hope uh, that this has been helpful to you guys today. Uh, hopefully all of us can take away from this that we are not as smart as we think we are, and we've got some work to do <coughs> to get that way. And we, we owe it to everyone we're around to do that work, to make this world the best place it can be. So we need to put in the work and the change that it takes to go against these biases that we have that we might not even know we have to make ourselves a better person. Yeah, you all make us smarter too. Give us some feedback uh, and give us some topics that you'd like to hear us do if, if you have any of those. For sure. That sounds good. And check us out on social media. Love Without Labels on all that. And we'll see you guys next time.